You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows, but you might need a podcaster to point the direction for photography. Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. My voice might be a little bit deep, actually, uh, this week. I'm in the shed very early in the morning, so you're the first people that I'm speaking to. So it hasn't had a chance to warm up yet. But anyway, let's move on, shall we? This week, I received a message from my friend Bill Shapiro, friend of the show, of course, and uh, my contributor, my fellow uh, traveller with the world of the conversation. So anyway, Bill sent me this via an Instagram post, and what he sent me was a link to another Instagram post. Now, I've been talking about computational photography for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, maybe. There's one thing I know that's going to make you turn off, and that's me talking about computational photography. I've written about it in books and in articles And I always find that photographers sort of say to me, well, this isn't about us. This isn't photography. This isn't what we're into. But of course, what's been happening recently with AI has changed that and has kind of forced a lot of photographers to at least accept that something's happening here, as Dylan said also. But you don't know what it is, do you, Mr. Jones? Well, anyway... Here we go. Um, This was a link uh, by a photographer called Michael Christopher Brown. Um, It says this, 90 Miles is a post-photography AI reporting illustration experiment exploring historical events and realities of Cuban life that have, since 1961, motivated Cubans to cross the 90 miles of ocean separating Havana from Florida. For over 25 years, I kept a list of subjects to document, but was unable to, mainly due to access or that access was impossible. While working in Cuba from 2014 to 2016, more subjects were added to the list with the assumption they would never likely be created. Since 1961, not long after Fidel Castro came to power and after the Bay of Pigs invasion and the Cuban Missile Crisis, every year thousands of Cubans cross the 90 miles of ocean that separates Havana from Florida. In 2022, Cuba experienced its largest exodus since the 1980s due to an ongoing economic crisis with soaring inflation alongside shortages of food and medicine. The Cubans who attempt the crossing are incredibly resourceful, as necessary to the journey, and as reflected in rafts often assembled from inner tubes, pieces of wood and plastic, household supplies, etc., Well, so far, so good. A little bit of historical context there. Well, this is how it continues. On April the 11th, we launch a 400-piece blind mint of unique NFT artwork at 0.1 ETH per piece. 10% of the proceeds will go to charities working with Cuban refugees. For more info, visit the 90 Miles link. Well, there's a lot to talk about there and there's a lot to unpick. So let's just have a look at the comments, shall we, that were made below this post by various photographers. They said this. 
Important to share this story, but doing so with AI images, which these were, they were very hyper smooth, hyper polished, I've got to be honest, fake looking photographs. Uh, with AI images makes me less interested than if the words alone were shared instead. I understand how IG, Instagram, audiences work, but I'm still very easy seeing, sorry, very uneasy, I should say, seeing an otherwise excellent documentarian resort to this medium, wondering if future comments will be also be less about the story you're trying to tell and more about the medium you've chosen to do so with. Uh, next uh, comment said this, uh, I am sad I got sucked into this. I have always loved Michael's work. Big fan. I should have read the caption. This is shameful to our industry. The next comment. So are you now going to produce AI photos by making clear that they are not real photos? But what is your philosophy about it? What is the end game? to tell a real and relevant important story with what allegedly cannot be called photography anymore. I am not attacking in any way, but merely trying to understand the why and why not. Next comment. Photographers taking a dump on their own practice for a quick money grab. Not cool. And the final comment. Very interesting AI photos. Some appear to be a bit too aesthetically pleasing, and many of the subjects appeared so fit, chiselled and almost model types, but the fear in their eyes is closely captured. Many people fear changes, and from the comments on here, many people will struggle because change is inevitable, and AI is here to stay. And it will only get deeper into our lives. GPT-3 is being used already in many industries and fields, and it's just the beginning. I don't like it, but if we don't learn it, we will get left behind. Bravo for trying something new. It takes courage when everyone is knocking you down, and regarding the 10%, it could be nothing. Art, even AI art, takes time, revision and editing. Artists don't work for free. Regardless of your feeling, this is the new form or art and technology. Get used to it. Well, over to you. Let me know what you think. This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to him in under five minutes, photographer Paul Hansen, who is a photojournalist based in Stockholm, Sweden. As a staff photographer for the daily newspaper Dagens Naheta, I hope I've said that correctly, but I doubt that I have, uh, his assignments and self-initiated projects take him all over the world, covering events in Haiti, Bosnia, Afghanistan, as well as across Sweden. There's always one common denominator that links his work together, and that is empathy. His visual storytelling has won many domestic and international prizes and honours, including Picture of the Year two times and Photographer of the Year in Sweden nine times. He was also awarded Photographer of the Year uh, in newspapers in 2010 and 2013, a World Press Photo Award in 2012, a second place in Photographer of the Year in 2015, and a second place in General News by World Press Photo in 2016. In 2017 and 2018, he had two major exhibitions at the Photographica Museum in Stockholm. 
in June 2019, he exhibited his photograph at the Sons Vals Museum in Sweden. My name is Paul Hansen and I'm a photojournalist based in Stockholm, Sweden. What does photography mean to me is the question. But I first want to start at the other end. What photography, my photography, might mean to the people I meet, to the people I photograph. Traveling to many trouble spots all over the world, I'm very aware of that a good day, work-wise, for me very well can be the worst day in other people's lives. I'm also aware, of course, that things that happen, that would happen even if I wasn't there. But there's always for me a sense of intruding. Who am I to have the right to take these pictures? Why am I there? When I say that, I don't mean why. I mean I. Are my reasons to be present muddled for some reason? Is this for my own benefit somehow? Am I on, am I on some kind of testosterone high or an adventure kick? In a larger sense, is the camera just an excuse to live a life outside myself? I don't think so, but these are important questions that I have to ask myself all the time. The trips I make in my work are also very much internal, I think. It might be a no-brainer, but the people that I meet have the right to be respected. They have names, families, a past and a future. They are not just subjects or motifs, components in a story that I compress in a few hundredths of a second and feed a news machine hundreds of kilometers away, or maybe sometimes thousands. I know I'm acutely aware of that I'm a temporary guest in other people's misery. I will always remember my interpreter in Libya that asked me if it was okay that he only worked half a day and stressing me out by asking that question. When I asked him the reason, he said he can only work half a day because his son was just killed and he had to go home and arrange his son's funeral. I often carry a feeling of inadequacy, a sense of guilt. No matter how good my photographs are, they are just a fragment, a sliver of an often extremely complex issue. I remember a Spanish colleague, a writer from El País, that I met in Mosul. I asked her about her challenges as a writer. She said, no matter how long I write, how good I write, how much space the paper allocates my text, I cannot never adequately portray or relay what the people have told me, what I've seen. It's always inadequate. What is photography move for me? Was the question. For me, it's so much more than a profession. From the beginning, it was a way to get away from a dysfunctional childhood, a ticket to the world, an identity. Because when you are the photographer, you get access to other people, to events, sports, news, culture, to life, and to yourself. I started out writing as a small kid, which I still do. I write for my paper and other media. I produced two books. But when my uncle gave me a camera, photography kind of chose me and became my preferred language. Photography is a global emotional language that transcends all barriers, age, gender, religion, culture, background. Everybody can read a photograph, take it to heart, be moved by it, be informed. 
Photography is my life. And it almost got me killed. Six years ago, I walked into the emergency ward of Erbil Hospital in Iraq. The room was filled with the wounded. The offensive against Mosul was in full swing. And ambulances were wailing outside. The doctor looked at me, a walking wounded with a bloody face and a bullet hole in the helmet. And he asked, how many bullets? Two. Okay, sit over there. A couple of hours later, I was operated on. I still had the bullet on my bookshelf at home. And I flew home the next day. What photography is for me? It's a more and more humbling experience about responsibility and respect. When my father died, we found a half-read copy of Hemingway's book For Whom the Bell Tolls on his bedside table. The title of the book is derived from a poem written almost 400 years ago by the writer John Donne. I picked up the book and I read the words. It begins with, No man is an island, entire of itself. Each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main In a way, for me, that explained uh, the emotional strength of photography. It speaks to our hearts and it makes us realize that we're all a part of humankind. The child that suffers in front of our cameras, the, the people that starve or are running for their lives, it, it could just as easily have been us if circumstances had been different. So don't ask for... For whom the bell tolls, it could be you. Thank you, Paul, for your contribution this week. Wow. You know, I often, uh, well, I, first of all, I should say that that's the first time I've heard that. I never listen to the contributions when they're first sent to me. I only hear them when you hear them in a, in a way, the moment I drop them into the podcast. And so my response is always, I hope, fresh. There isn't much response I can give to that other than to say thank you to Paul um, for such an honest, raw, passionate, emotional uh, contribution to this week's podcast. Obviously, now you're going to want to look at his work. That's a given. But I think also when we started this particular episode and I'm talking about AI and the fakery and the making of imagery that doesn't exist, I think Paul there has just given us a very good reason or a number of good reasons as to why photography will always exist. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, I'm in the middle of writing a book and that book kind of sucked me of all of my writing energies over the last month or so. But I've come to a point with the book that the first draft is completed and uh, I got a little bit of headspace. So I've been writing a few articles and posting them on unitednationsofphotography.com. Uh, a number of them, strangely, the synchronicity of chance, actually connect with a lot of what Paul was talking about. Uh, one of them is about what is a photograph? What is it for? Another one deals with the act of memory with photography, um, a personal response uh, after I was asked, and my father was asked, for a photograph of our mother, of my mother, I should say, and his wife, um, to use because she's suffering from advanced dementia. The power of the photograph as history and memory there. Uh, 
And another little article is about uh, chat, GPT, AI, NFTs, again, directly relating to the uh, themes in the first point I was talking about there that Bill sent me, that that Instagram post, um, and actually questioning where we are at the minute with all of these letters and how important are they in, in impacting on photography. I have to say that I do hear an awful lot of people at the moment saying that photography is dead and it is all over. Funnily enough, exactly the kinds of uh, comments I was hearing uh, when analog became digital and digital photography took over. Similar kinds of comments that it's all over. Well, I don't think it is all over. I think that what will happen, and uh, it's definitely the case with companies like Levi's who are using AI-generated models to show their products, there will be an aspect of photography that will move over to the fake and the imagined. I know that will happen. However, that doesn't mean to say that all photography will disappear. It doesn't mean to say that all commissioned photography will disappear. It won't. We will not be in a situation, I believe, where everything we look at is fake. Sure, we need to be more aware of what we're looking looking at, certainly going forward, because at the moment, from my eye, it's very clear for me to see what an AI-generated image is. It's also kind of strange, I think, of how much of the work I'm seeing is kind of recreations of what would be described as documentary or street photography. People trying to recreate the visual identity of Bruce Robinson, for example, or Vivian Mayer. You know, and really what we're talking about there is digital art. We're not talking about photography, although some of the elements may come up with an abstract, a, a, a Uh, an item at the end which could be perceived or used as a photograph. Perhaps it's a digital illustration. And I think that's probably a clearer uh, description of what we're looking at. As I said at the beginning, you may find all of this really boring. And if so, I apologise because I don't want to bore you on this podcast. But as somebody who's talked about computational photography for a long time, I thought it was worth bringing it to our attention as it seems to be filling all of the news channels every day. Anyway, what with the news going on at the minute, the one thing you really need to do is take care. (laughs) 